Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Rec Podcast. We're a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world, eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Warren. I'm Andrew. And I'm Henry. And this is episode 61, and this is us tonight, just the four of us. Just the four of us. Robert we is can off make tonight. It if we try. Just the four of us. You and you and you and my. <laughs> <laughs> it's the three U's. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Robert's off tonight because he is on his way up to his wedding venue. He gets married on Thursday this week to his lovely fiance and wonderful woman and life partner Rachel Brown soon to be Rachel oh, Burson yeah. dang and, uh, I'm pumped man this wedding's gonna be fucking amazing and while I'm we miss him here good. on the podcast uh, you know he's gotta go do wedding things and yeah that's <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of, uh, lot of coordination Whatever, man you think running shows are like easy you know, or running shows are hard. Like, no, you you get into wedding territory, man, and that's a whole different ball game. So, Yikes! God bless you, Robert Johnson. Yeah, sounds nightmarish. But uh, very right. exciting, yeah. and it's in a, it's up in the Northern California area, which is a very beautiful area. Yeah, and we're very excited to go up there because it's been pretty hot down here. So I'm just excited to see that. I think the temperature was like. Not above 74, but not below 70 is a high every day. And I was like, oh, that sounds very nice. And gets down to like 30. Just remember what cold air kind of feels like, you know? Sweater weather, bro. It's going to be good. Wear a jacket. I'll bring this Zappa jacket back out. Hell yeah. (laughs) Wear your your long pants and jacket. Yeah. Take off my pants and jacket. Where are all my Blink-182 fans at? I know you're in there. Where? Yeah. All Bruce, in the chat. Bruce said where, too, but that was from before. But I'm going to make sure that that applies to that comment. So where are they at? Where are you guys at? Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Well, how did everyone's weekend go? <clears throat> it was good. It was a good weekend. I've been... Uh, I can't talk about it publicly yet, but I've been working on a new project, and I've been trying to get off book for that for the last couple weeks of uh, doing that, and so I spent a lot of time, uh, I went back and forth between running the set and trying to get off book for this new project that I will tell you guys about in a few weeks when I can legally talk about it, and then uh, watching uh, Fear the Walking Dead season five, which is good, so I would like run the set and then go and watch an episode of Fear the Walking Dead and then run the set again and then watch another episode, and I made it through the entire fifth season, (laughs) 16 episodes in the last three days so that's what i've been doing from morning to noon tonight and uh and it's been it's been awesome it's been really fun steve i must say that this is one of the best secrets you've ever kept in your life i've known you for over 10 years (laughs) now and i think this is the one of the best secrets like yes the band has ever kept and we'll be able to tell you soon so it's not like we're trying to tease you that bad um but we've known about this for almost like a year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I found out about it in December and immediately told the band because you guys need to know. And like, I, I want to make everything work. I'm I'm very much a guy that like wants to have my cake and eat it too for everything. And there's so many hours in the day, and I I love utilizing all of them. And I don't care if I get like little to no sleep for weeks and weeks on end. 
and I know I'm kind of a like insane person about that kind of shit, but uh, it's been it's been really crazy getting all this stuff together, and I can't wait to tell you guys about it. But the band's done, and thank you guys for for uh, you know keeping your fucking trap shut on yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, but There's it's, like uh, a million opportunities where it comes up to tell people, and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh man, like, <laughs> well, I guess I can't say anything. And I I do, I do appreciate that. Yeah. I'll be able to tell you soon because there's some announcements coming up, but I need to make sure that everything happens in the proper order and hierarchy of stuff, and uh, it's going to be very exciting, so stay tuned. War, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. I uh, We didn't play any shows this weekend, which is unfortunate, but, you know, it's understandable. Um and I celebrated a couple friends' birthdays. Uh, I saw Andrew Cordini play some live music acoustically on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was like kind of a, it was like a friend's weekend. I saw a lot of, not a, like a lot of friends. I'm still uh, COVID safe and wear a mask in public and social distance and all that sort of stuff. But I did see some friends and celebrated some birthdays and had a good old time. Um you guys, and uh, you know, that was pretty much it. Felt it almost felt like a normal weekend, almost. Just get some playing in there, and then we'll be back to normal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? Anything um, crazy this weekend? I totally forgot. Uh, well, we hung out on Friday and had fun, and then uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do without my full Saturdays off after this. I'm getting so used to having a full Saturday just to like my house back together and then practice drums and then watch a movie or something. And as stupid as that sounds like having a full day off, I'm going to miss that so bad when all this comes yeah. back. Cause I know like that was something I never had before. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. and then Sunday I shot a course on drum tuning with Jeff Frickman. I had totally forgot I that calendar. I was like, Oh, nice. Uh, gotta go shoot uh, this course with Jeff. So, what I've been for? doing a couple for Pro Mix Academy, which is oh, a Warren or old producers uh, website. But I was asking them, you know, because they do a bunch of stuff with a uh, like really pro level producers, and it's sort of the master class for pro level producers, right? Like they go through a mix. We've even played on those sorts of things for other uh, big producers. But uh, they're missing a lot of general stuff, you know what I mean? Where it's like, um, okay, you have this guy talking about this thing, but you don't have something on drum tuning. Would you be interested in that? And they're like, yeah, totally. And another one of his clients that uh, works for them was there, there, and they're like, yeah, totally, that'd be awesome. So, Well, and Jeff we sort of is one of the, the most brilliant guys as far as like drum tuning and drum sounds go, too. Oh, yeah, Jeff so, is like yeah. amazing. That's incredible. And, That's so cool, man, that you got to you got to do that with him this weekend. And I think it's difficult. I mean, I always I played drums, and I thought that, uh, and I feel like it's intimidating as a drummer. Like I've definitely been in the area, the position where you go too far one way or too far the other, and then you're like, now I don't even know what to do, and then you just kind of lose your shit, and you're like, I my drums are just going to sound like shit forever. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a really important thing, obviously, to know, but I think it can be kind of tough, too. So. 
It's so funny, like, you know, going so fast, and, like, my notes half the time are like, hey, slow down. <laughs> like, you know, I, if I can't even keep up with what you're doing, there's no way someone who, like, doesn't know about this can do it. Yeah. So, uh, which is which is such the like the the professionals like way of doing it. It's like oh yeah, like it's it's so easy. You just do this, that, and the other. Yeah, it's and, like wait, and, what was and, the and, first and, thing? And, and it's like whoa, was hey, <laughs> whoa, let's back that up. Let's slow that down. Yeah. Uh, which is why and, he's able to get all of our shit sounding so good for our records in like minimal time. Yeah. He just and it's he just so does funny. it. He's like, hey, like I oh man, I I remember like tracking records with him because so Jeff Rickman, for those of you that haven't listened before, has recorded the last three records for Robert John and the Wreck and uh and co-produced and mixed the last two records that we've done. And it's incredible like being in the room tracking like on studio days and he's like oh yeah like and i'll just talk back through the topic ah it's not cutting through too too well like try out they'll swap out for this other snare or swap out for that or swap out for this and it's just like he knows exactly where to go to like immediately and then with andrew's expertise on drums and everything like it just changes over so quickly that like we never lose a beat you know like it's it something will happen in five minutes it completely changes the drum sound uh, for the take and everything, but is so exactly what it needed to be, and he does a brilliant job of of capturing all of that too. So, anyway, it's really great. Continue. little yeah. stuff. I'll be like, change that symbol out or something. It's a little bright, and then like yeah. suddenly you can hear the guitars or something like that. It's like, oh crap, you know. That, and that's an interesting thing too, just in the way that you record stuff, because like we can't hear what it sounds like on the other end. So to be able to have somebody to trust that is hearing it coming through all together because we'll be in separate rooms, you know, and like our parts are down and everything. We've come in with our parts, you know, 99% flushed out. But to have those tones and to have somebody on the other end being like, ah, this doesn't quite meld. Let's swap out one thing to make everything work better from the get-go is so important, man. Yeah, uh, a funny thing, too, is he's like, um, he was like, let's hear what it sounds like. You know, he plays it, and it's in tune, and it sounds really good. And he's like, let's, like, uh, knock one lug a little bit out here and see how it sounds. Yeah. It just sounds, like, terrible. It's like, bomb, bomb. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. like it's a, And it is just, like, an eighth of a turn in one direction for one lug. And it's, like, makes stuff sound so bad. It's like drum tuning is such a thing that's like a mystery and that yeah. people don't, you know, understand. So even I was watching that going like, oh, man, I'm like one lug. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and my drums half the time are just like all taped up. So I don't have to deal with it at the time. I'm like, well, you can't have bad overtones if you don't have any overtones. So. <laughs> and if, you, if you've ever played drums live, you know that a lug usually falls out through the course of one gig like all the way out of your snare because once they come loose like the other night at practice i think one of, one of your lugs mm -hmm. fell out and it's like that's a common thing oh, yeah. if that's having that big of an effect could you imagine what that's doing when you're playing live oh i i don't yeah. know i don't know how many lugs over the years i've just handed back to andrew or popped on his tom <laughs> or something like at the end of a gig like they just fell off and just like oh hey is this yours I bought two full bags of them. Nice. And keep them in my road case because of that. <laughs> so I've lost yeah, tons of them. Like half my stuff is totally not original. Henry, how was your weekend? <laughs> it was it was good. It was a good time. 
we all uh we all kind of hung out in uh kind of the same thing as warren said just sort of saw some friends and pretty mellow uh worked on a little bit of music uh got a new guitar this week which was pretty tell cool people about your oh. new guitar yeah, yeah you, it's so, a mystery. you you so gotta tell them about guitar. the change up too i know you posted it on instagram but that was that was I really well to me as a so non-guitar I posted player. this picture and um for all the guitar playing people uh, i i use two guitars at all times with the band um i always have one guitar set up to play regular standard tuning style uh with some occasional slide work and i always have another guitar that's set up in uh open e which is an open e chord you just strum it and it's a it's an e major chord um and that's like my slide guitar and i play that on particular songs in the set that call for it um so for the last uh I think it's been almost two years now. Um, I've been playing this Gibson SG special and I've modded the crap out of it and, and changed like everything except for the actual body and neck on the guitar and, and like frets, everything else I've changed out on it. And I just got another Gibson SG, but this one is a, uh, it's called the 61 reissue so it's it's like uh basically in 61 gibson made they changed the design of the les paul and it was you know the what is now called the sg for a couple years so basically it's sort of a, a reproduction of the specifications of like a standard from that year with a few modifications to it to make it more streamlined and basically what happened was i was playing both guitars at, at practice it was like, uh, you know what? I should just switch this because I had the new <laughs> SG in OP and I had the old SG in standard. I swapped them, tried it out at home the next day. I was like, this is it. This is, this is the vibe right now. So it was a lot of work. I posted, I think my caption was like, I have issues. And it went over <laughs> a lot of people's heads because they were like, oh, you just have two guitars? That's not oh, an issue. I'm like, oh, you just oh, put I them, because, okay, so for, for the for the layman, right, like I'm a keyboard player. I don't know right. shit about guitars. Right, so right. looking at your original post, because it was, it was two photos, like in an album Instagram style thing, where you could swap between the two. The two guitars look the fucking same. Like they're the same color. Yeah. <laughs> like they're the same everything. Like yeah, the neck looks a little different from the side and shit, but you can't tell that from a straight on view. Right. So the first time I saw it, it just looked like you just like changed the position of them in the photo right. from one side to the other, but you actually swapped out all the hardware. I swapped out from, all the hardware. <laughs> from one guitar <laughs> to the other. I had them both. I was like, holy shit, like that's a whole day's uh, work of was, like setting hard. shit up, man. Like that's so rad. It was an hour and a half. It was oh an hour and a half because I had to cut off the strings off both guitars. <laughs> Then I had to remove the tuners, bridge, and tailpiece. It was an hour and a half for you. It would have taken me like a week to set that shit and up. Then I, I and then the I swapped them around to yeah. the respective guitar because if I'm going to have a standard tuned SG, it's going to have the Bigsby on it. Yeah. And I'm not going to use the Bigsby if it's open E because the slide is enough to think about. Yeah. So... But so the fact that like is. you swapped over the Bigsby, you swapped over the... You swapped everything over and... And but they looked like the same guitars from, 
like right, a layman's right. perspective. Right. I was just but like, oh different. fuck, they're like very, that must very different guitar. Forever. They sound very different. But you're a fucking they genius. So good job. <laughs> they look like they're awesome. me. <laughs> They're very, very different. I promise. They're very different guitars. But uh, for what Henry didn't mention and that I want to mention is that uh, when he was telling me about that uh, a couple days ago, he was like, oh, yeah, like it was like both guitars like did just what I wanted to, but like just shy of it and stuff. And now that I switched everything over. Like now, both guitars do exactly what I want them to, and it was like the perfect transition from like, you know, what I had to what I wanted, but right. I just needed to swap shit over. I need to spend an hour and a half moving. That's so rad, dude! Like I'm so pumped, man. Moving stuff over. Yeah. Yeah, you know. We all know no one's ever happy with their musical sound. Never. It's yeah. A, it's a, let me tell you, dude. It's a, it is a it is a cosmic <laughs> journey for the tone. Your sound, your sound is so important. It's important to like, you know, leave no stone unturned that you don't have to leave unturned. To like, you yeah. gotta go for it. You gotta dig. You gotta like, you know, don't like fuck shit up when you don't know what you're doing. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to like take guitars apart and put them back together. You know, Which makes you, you a rare you means to do it, <laughs> and you know that it's the right move. Like experiment. And I was like. Yeah, yeah, this is an experiment. You know, I'm going to see how this feels and uh, very, very happy with the results so far. Nice. I'm stoked on it. I am, uh, I am an, an SG addict. I have a problem. Bruce asked what pickups you put it in. I didn't put in any pickups. Uh, I, I left each guitar with the pickups they had before. So uh, my old SG has many humbuckers. And the new SG has the regular uh, Gibson style PAF full size. Just a, just a plethora of humbuckers. A lot of humbuckers, yeah. man. A lot of humbuckers. Yeah. So they both, the, I kept the, the smell of rich mahogany and uh, that's where my ability to modify yeah. guitars ends is at the pickups because my soldering is awful. I Warren's cannot, really good at I, it. By as the way. soon as you put a soldering iron in my hand, my hand starts doing this. I can't. I can't keep it still. Yeah, and sometimes I, I get like, that. I see that my hand was shaking. You know, I was like forcibly shaking my hand because I just that's, I can't keep my hand steady when I'm using my iron. You're good. Something like that, you know. Well, practice makes perfect. Yeah, exactly. One you of these days, I'll get it. Build a couple pedals. Build a couple. Yep. yep. Build a couple things. Yeah. Other uh, other things. <laughs> build like, build your own microphones, Warren Merle. Keep, yeah, build your you build your own microphones. Just, you know, just make them sound fantastic from microphone. the get go. That was yeah. cool. And it was a great thing to learn how to solder. The solder points aren't very, they're not very small. And uh, you get a microphone that's worth, you know, two or three times what you would have paid for it. And it's fun. It's like Legos for adults. I do want to build a pedal. I know they do They do pedal kits, too. Yeah. Um, yeah the, and again, they're pretty inexpensive. Build your own clone. So The thing that gets tricky is to, like, to really do good soldering. And I don't want to go too too crazy on a tangent here. But, like, it's like any of, any of those sorts of, like, tool things. Like, you kind of need a good setup. Like, you want a good soldering iron. You want, like, those clamps that hold everything yeah. in place. And you want, like, yeah. a, a fan? good solder. You want a, a fan station. to blow solder dust away from Yeah, you. yeah. You want yeah. a fan for sure. Yeah. I did, were you the one I I think I posted I was and I, I built some cables for the, the, <laughs> yeah. the band and I was I, I did a time lapse and Steve's like it looks great he's like but I could tell you didn't have a fan because yeah OSHA's gonna like, shit all right over your this face. dude <laughs> only babies need a fan 
So, That's um, so funny. I, I used to make guitar pedals too back in the day. I got hired in uh, my friend's aircraft supply like uh, place for like a week because they needed temp work. And so it was just like an easy job to pick up and make some money while I was off of tour. Those guys are soldering for eight hours a day, you know, five, six days a week sometimes. Oh and it just dries out your skin. It is like... Yeah, you know, because they're all custom aircraft assemblies, so it's not like um, you go like, why wouldn't they just do this in a mass production? It's like they need you know a thousand units tomorrow, and it's faster to do it by hand than it is to like machine it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the, and, Henry, that's what you and I were working on at World Stage for yeah, kind of yeah, like corporate gigs and stuff, just building yeah. out all these all these like breakout boxes and yeah. you know gig rigs and stuff for mm-hmm. for different shit. Yep. That was so fun. But, uh, yeah. After like eight hours a day of soldering, it just dries your skin out yep. like crazy. Like it's you're, you're like in the desert for, you know, a whole day. Like it does completely different things. Yeah. And uh, if those guys can survive it, no one's going to die without a fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you're not breathing you're- it in. It's like you, you can do demo for 20 years, but as long as you're not inhaling asbestos, you're good. You know, get workers' comp if you get sick from inhaling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Burger's Comp's not going to cover What would you call like, it, like Saudi or so. something? Like, what's a funny drug name for solder gas? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't even know. Electro smoke. You can't call it Saudi. That one's already taken, bro. It has to have, like, some nickname. The gunk. Yeah. The gunk. The gunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gunk Yo, you down with the gunk? Funny. The gunk. It's just going to be another doing, one of those, like, late-night infomercial, like, mesothelioma, you know. Have you or a loved one suffered from mesothelioma? Which is a real thing. Gunk. It's fucked up. But. Caused by gunk? No, I'm like, Walter Brimley. Take, I'm here to take care of your gunk. shit, though. Like, look out for yourself. Like, fumes are a real thing. I'm no doctor, but shit matters, man. No, oh, don't be a baby. Yeah. Just breathe some gunk, okay? You'll be fine. Worst thing that'll breathe, happen is you breathe enough, enough of my own bullshit every day. <laughs> Just take a breath every time before you do it. Don't breathe it in actively. Don't use some common sense here. I yeah. didn't say these things. I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't solder anymore, so please don't listen to me if anyone's out there. Yeah. I don't want one of those Trump bleach situations, you know, where like someone yeah, actually right. does it. I don't know that I have that kind of influence, but... Uh, and I doubt that that was one of the uh, treatment options that he had available to him. It's like, oh yeah, here's just Lysol. Here's here's a Lysol drip. <laughs> uh, and if so, of, fuck it. Speaking whatever. of drip, let, let us know. Bro. Speaking of drip, speaking of drip, what are you drinking, Steve? I'm I'm on a quarantini. I uh, damn. I got I got done with my church gig today, and I went to the Wayfair to meet up with a buddy, and uh, he was out running some errands by the time I got there, so I had a couple greyhounds, and uh, checked emails and posted on social media, <laughs> and uh, had a little loose, you know, hour before I talked to you guys for the band meeting. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we always do a band meeting before the podcast on Mondays. And that's where, like, we'll talk about different promotions and stuff that we have going on, you know, the business side of stuff and scheduling and, you know, all the inner workings of the business side of stuff that has nothing to do with music or the podcast. 
but is equally important, and we diligently get to it every week, which I'm stoked about. Um, which also, for all you podcast listeners, Warren, do you want to... Uh... Oh, yeah, I'll tee this off. Uh, so for all these podcast listeners, everybody who's listening... We have a special discount, 15% off the entire store yes! when you use Come the code on. POD15 at checkout. So uh, that is exclusive for anybody who listens to the podcast. Coupon code POD15. You're not going to find it in any descriptions or any emails or any anything. If you listen to this, type it in. It works. Boom, and that's uh, and that's your reward for putting up with our shit week after week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and keep listening because yeah. maybe there there will be other sorts of discounts and surprises just for podcast listeners. Yeah. So, and that and that also includes fifteen percent off of our entire discography and digital box set that we just put out uh, two weeks ago, which is really fun. Uh, we spent. Hours and hours and hours uh, recording and editing and building out digital booklets and stuff uh, for these digital this digital download package. Um, digital box set, which is only available for download. It's not available in physical uh, the physical apparatus. Uh, but it's got all nine albums that we've recorded over the last decade, plus over six hours of commentary. And over two hours of additional bonus recordings, demo recordings, live recordings, all that other shit. And you can get it for 15% off <laughs> now by typing in pod15 in that, uh, in that discount code section when you check out. So uh, if you're listening to this, it, that's not going to be in the description. Henry's History Lesson, all the other stuff we're talking about tonight. Those will be in the description, but like you got to listen to the shit and write it down on your phone. Or if you're not driving, type it in and go for it. And uh, Michael Caro said, it's an awesome box set. Thank you, Michael, for the affirmation. We're really proud on it, man. And it was a really cool thing to like go through and, and uh, delve into these recordings from yesteryear. Yep, just pod 15 without the exclamation or uh, question mark there. But be yeah. confident in your pod 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but go check it out. And uh, if you're a podcast listener, please enjoy and please enjoy the 15% off on that and get to know us a lot better. And then hit us up with any suggestions and uh, critiques and yada, yada, yada. Tell us what you think, man. You can kind of keep your critiques to yourself, but that's fine. <laughs> well, you can <laughs> you, know, you can email me directly with critiques <laughs> at steve at robertjohntherec.com, okay? So I, yeah, I will take joking. heed to all of them. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really fun. I'm really pumped on that. So I'm drinking a quarantine. This is just emergency of vodka. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Which is very good. I, th I think we tried one on the podcast at one point back when we used to meet up. Yeah, and, and it, was like, I, it was like a month after you guys started giving me shit for it. And then you all were like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> And it was it was pre-COVID too. I think you were before the COVID stuff really broke out. Yeah, it, it was before it it had the name Quarantini because Quarantini came because of COVID, and it was it was actually it was a meme that was uh, it was an emergency box in front of a martini glass um, that we saw, which it was like, oh, it's a Quarantini. I'm like, I've been drinking this shit for six months. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just trying to get my vitamins. <laughs> You're doing it. I'm trying. You're getting them. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, anyway. Warren, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water. Nothing crazy. Water. Filtered water out of a bottle. Saving or a glass bottle, saving plastic. Try not to use plastic bottles anymore because I do like drinking water and I do like drinking it on the go. And uh, I think we've definitely probably gone maybe two years without buying plastic bottles. Nice. I don't know how much that contributes to pollution on run. Uh, if you guys can do it, try to. You know, try to reuse your bottle. And actually, there could be something coming down the pike here for like reusable bottles. That is, uh, you know, could be something cool that you might want with your new discount. But you have to stay tuned. Okay. Yeah, that was a good. I didn't even plan that one. (laughs) Push the merch. You can't tell anyone anything. I know. Sorry. It's like maybe if you're gonna need something to keep warm later, dude. I've been something. I've been trying to keep cigarettes for almost a year. Maybe something out of that's a winterish drink. (laughs) You guys will know what we're talking about. We can't tell you yet. We can't tell you yet. We're we're gonna tell you. Steve's just gonna keep it a secret for the next year until it finally comes out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all this shit's coming out in like the next two months. Like you'll see all of it. It's oh yeah, cool. no, it's, it's yeah. literally in the next, literally in the next four like weeks. Months and months and months <laughs> trying to get some cool shit going. We've um, been working our you know, you asses so off, many T-shirts dude. Like, and downloads yeah. and things like that. You know what I mean? To be fair, uh, Warren and Andrew have been working their asses off. I've been <laughs> loosely affiliated. <laughs> Uh, handling delegation from the side. Steve, you yeah. just designed the uh, thing we can't talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, funny. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all this stuff we keep talking about, we're like, it's merch that we're all like, damn, I, I want one of those. Like, you know, like we, we have these shirts and stuff, and every now and then we order <laughs> samples, and somebody might get a sample. <clears throat> but, um, but you know this this new stuff comes. Yeah, out. I like, still I still gotta get the black yeah, T-shirt cool. version of the one that you got, Warren, that we can't talk about yet because it's not out yet. But yeah, I, I want that one. You got the baseball tee version of it. I think uh, that shall not be named. Yeah. I, I should have brought it over when I picked up my. I still want that. I, I I wanted to wear that to rehearsals for the thing that I can't talk about yet. Just I'll drop I'll drop it off. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> you should have dropped it off. Do we stop talking about things that we can't talk about? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that song that we wrote the other day that's going to be on the new record is so Oh, my God. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's the other thing. We're recording (laughs) a new fucking record. We are you know, we can't talk about this like in a little little fashion. Uh, we can't tell you specifics, but we did start writing the 2021 record already, and uh, we already have a whole gang of ideas um, that are in the pipeline that we're going to be working on, and I'm fucking stoked on all of it. So uh, if you guys like the last one, uh, you're going to love this one because... We're fucking. I'm stoked on it. I know other people are stoked on it too. You don't have to say anything, but uh, it's it's going to be really, really, really great. So yeah, it's awesome. I'm really excited too. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking. Well, I was drinking. I'll keep the uh, uh, sparkling water wars going uh, with Warren, even if he's not going to compete with me. <laughs> oh. But, uh, 
There's a, a Pellegrino. Oh, you got the and imports. Again, like, yeah. Yep. My girlfriend works at a grocery store right now, so she just finds these when they're all on sale, and she just snags them. Nice. Or if there's, like, the singles that people didn't buy by themselves, like, that are, like, you know, not in a box. We're just grabbing every flavor of sparkling water we can possibly get our hands on. So this is Lemon and Lemon Zest, which is the most pretentious name for a sparkling water I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> it's Lemon. Wow. It, or it's lemon zest. <laughs> Just pick one, for God's sakes. Just a zest of lemon really with, good, with natural flavorings from Earth. Because, you know, you don't want to compete with all those people that are getting shit from outside of this planet. And, well, and you know what I would say is I have had some of those Pellegrino bubbly waters. I haven't had that flavor. And I feel like it's a very light flavor compared to some of them. Like, so I think lemon zest is maybe a better name because it's not so overpowering like lemon. But now you got something else. What are you drinking there? This is a water LaCroix. How many has speak? This is also a pretty pretentious name. Why does sparkling water have to be so goddamn pretentious? It's just like, yeah. Why? Because it's fancier than regular water, dude. Like, that's exactly what I'm trying to articulate your point further, but just, yeah, why? It's just sparkling water. Let me ask you. Why? Everybody's got sparkling water. What are you? Not familiar with sparkling water? and bubbled water. You didn't do anything fancy. Anyways, the other thing that I'm learning about these is that they are all not created equal sizes. So a LaCroix is 12 ounces like a normal soda. A Pellegrino is 11.5 ounces or 11.1 ounces. And then the we got, um, what's the other company that does them? That's like a, another sparkling water company that starts with a P. Publi? Um, or Perrier. Perrier. We tried uh, Perrier ones and those are the exact same price for like an eight ounce can or something like it's like the size of an apple juice can. Wow. Never getting those again. I don't care how they taste. It could be like God's cooking on my tongue. That bubbly water is quite the trap. Did you see Corona's coming out with their own flavor of, uh, of, uh, what are they called? The bubbly water white claws. It's like a Corona white claw. Everybody's got bubbly water game. Oh, my assistant uh, gave me the Perrier can. What? Side. You have another one? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to drink this one. This I, I'll save this one for later. But I'm just oh, giving you size comparison. comparison. Okay. So this is a Pellegrino. Look how much bigger it is. Yeah, it's, it's almost so like double. Much bigger. What are the what is the price difference again? Well, that's the difference uh, between like Whole Foods price. and oh. and. Well, did you get both of them from Whole Foods? Wow. No. Vaughn's dog. Oh. Uh, by the way, Andrew has, uh, I've never been a smart and final guy until Andrew started bringing <laughs> over uh, literally pallets of LaCroix to our house for band meetings where we've been, uh, we've been meeting up, you know, safely. And when people aren't, you know, exposed to shit, but Andrew's been bringing over uh, full pallets of of uh, Lacroix to the house, which are an, at an insane price. Like I think you're paying like double what I pay for an eight pack for like thirty six or twenty four, 
Whatever yeah, it's, in it's something thing. crazy. When it's I looked insane. at the price, it was almost half. And I was like, oh, it's like they're on sale all the time. Anyway, just, it's just smart. Sparkling and water. Also, I know we had like, to like fill time. Your final Robert's option to no buy guests, LaCroix. But... You know, I, I don't know about spoons and cutlery and stuff, but oh, you know, you know what? Uh, sparkling water, at least. Michael it's... said earlier uh, that we should mention is uh, I think Eric Gales and his wife were diagnosed with COVID. And, yes. Uh, Mm-hmm. So we wish them well and hope they're doing well. And he posted a GoFundMe in the comments. So if you guys can do anything with the GoFundMe, I think it's fully funded. But um, yeah, we love Eric Gales. Oh my God, he's yeah. just like what, one of those artists where I saw whatever him, I you have crying. to give though. Like these people are incredible human beings, and like give give what you can and make sure that they can get back on their feet and in record time and everything. So. And if you can, if you can't just just try to share it maybe yeah we understand times listen, are tough but listen yeah. on Spotify they're, they're share the Spotify people. links share share the music yeah. check everything and out it, show the YouTube videos with with your platform and everything and 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 go for it because they're they're just incredible people man and and we've had the the pleasure of meeting them and working with them on the uh, Bonamassa cruise a uh, couple years ago and and they're just the nicest people on the fucking planet. So, yeah, the, the type of people where everyone knows their name walking up to the boat and the crew, and the, yeah. you know, they've done that cruise with Joe a bunch of times, you know, because him and Joe, I think Joe just produces record, you know, but yeah. um, yeah, they're just saying hi to everyone, and you know, oh, the, the not most humble cool people for anyone. Yeah, I remember getting off the cruise uh, when we got back to Barcelona. Uh, last year, and we were all kind of in the same holding area because we we were waiting for like the production company's buses to get us back to where we were going and everything, and like back from the port to you know the drop off point and everything. They were just so nice, man. We just were like sitting there talking, just like how cool was that experience and stuff. And they they were just incredible people and just down to earth and give if you can man go check out the music go check out everything and share if you dig it and uh and support if you can for sure henry what are you drinking (laughs) i am drinking guess what it is Another Pilsner. Oh, West Coast Pils. California Pilsner. Lagunitas Pilsner. It's very good. Get your German Pilsner out of here. It's a Czech style (laughs) Pilsner. See, check that out. Czech style. My favorite kind. It's very good. Uh, Big fan of it. Um, Has a little bit more alcohol per volume than most Pilsners at 6%. Uh, It's got a little bit more of a... I want to say a hoppiness, maybe a bitterness to it. Um, I'm a big Pilsner guy. This is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, it's hardier than a lot of the Pilsners I've had. Uh, big fan of it. Good job with this one, Lagunitas, because I'm not a big fan of PAs. So uh, this is a good one. I like it. It's unfortunate. Mm. To each their own, as they say. As right? they say. As they say. To each their own. Is that uh, Charlize Theron's, like, long-lost cousin? To each their own? All you need is a son. All all you need is a good song to listen to, Henry. That's true. And uh, I've got a couple tonight. 
that uh, is uh, for a very, very special episode. Um, we lost it. I mean, it feels like losing Superman, honestly. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, 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 paraphrasing here from something I read over this week. Um, we've seen, you know, I've seen so many tributes to this man. And, of course, I'm talking about Eddie Van Halen, who we lost uh, to throat cancer, unfortunately, uh, this last Tuesday. Um, absolutely devastating to the world of music. Um, you know, it really, I mean, it, it feels like losing Superman or something like that. I mean, it's just like he was, he was the guitar guy. He was the guy. Like, he just, aside from, aside from Jimi Hendrix, in my book, just totally changed everything. You had like you know Hendrix took the the blues stuff to the stratosphere, and then Eddie Van Halen took what had happened between Hendrix and the mid seventies and took that to the stratosphere, the next level. Very few have achieved his level of technical prowess, and uh, just you know the guy was the guy was a was the whole package as far as I'm concerned. The guy could sing, uh, the guy could play amazing rhythm guitar had amazing creativity improvisational skills obviously an instantly identifiable uh guitar sound absolutely shredded on keyboards as well he was a child yeah. prodigy uh classical pianist um who never learned how to read music so he would he would transcribe like beethoven pieces by ear and uh, do all these you know improvised renditions of like insane classical pieces so the dude was I mean, I mean, really, uh, you know, the word genius gets thrown around a lot. And I think it's sort of, it's been abused when it comes to musicians. This guy was definitely, if he wasn't a genius, he was as, you know, the closest you can possibly get in my book. Uh, and they're, you know, very, very rare talent, very impactful. Um, for me, I, it, I remember being around 12 or 13 and uh, my dad just sort of spontaneously was like, have I ever shown you Van Halen before? And, and I was like, nope, I've never heard. I know, I know Van Halen, but I've never heard any of their music. And uh, the first song was Eruption on this CD he was playing. And I didn't, and, and I think this is a very common story. It's like, I, I heard that and I couldn't even believe a guitar was doing that. Like, I had no idea you could even do that on a guitar. I had no idea guitars could sound like that. Uh, it was a total revelation for me, and I listened to a couple more songs of that CD before I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is what I need to do. And um, I, I would be doing what I'm doing now if it weren't for the impact of Eddie Van Halen and uh, his, you know, I mean, just, just immeasurably huge impact on the world of popular music and specifically for us guitar players. Um, so, so big, you know, just, just super to hear about it. Um, and, and obviously all the love to his family and crew and the people that, that knew him personally and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna rock out to, uh, some, some classics, some, maybe some possibly lesser known stuff. Um, my personal favorite record of the uh, Van Halen is from their classic record or classic era with David Lee Roth. It's a record uh, from 1981 called Fair Warning. Um, I would recommend everybody check that out. Uh, I think that and the first Van Halen record are 
incredible displays of not only uh, Eddie's virtuosity, but but the whole band, really. I mean, the whole band was just spectacular. You had these amazing uh, harmonies, background vocals, and the rhythm section was absolutely rock solid. Um, so the first song we're going to play is a, uh, a piece that Eddie played on an acoustic guitar. It's called Spanish Fly. And the second, uh, we're going to rock out with a tune called Mean Street. So uh, here he goes. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Thank you. 
Rest in peace, man. Fuck. Yeah. We're watching I can remember a- the first time like my brother's friend came over and I had just gotten a guitar and he was like, Oh, you don't know tapping? Like here, check this out, and like showed it to me and just how just something so small could just blow your mind, you know? Like, and oh, he makes it look so effortless, dude. What and Henry, was it true that I I heard that he used to turn around when he used to do it in the beginning, so because he didn't want anybody to know what he was doing, mm-hmm. yeah. And if he and, and if he did, if he did do that, do you know how long he did that before? Like turned around, was like, ah, they're gonna figure it out eventually. <laughs> uh, you know the the other cool thing about Eddie is that his stage presence was like spectacular. Um, and so, I mean, it's very possible that he could have continued to have done that for a while. Um, most of the videos I've seen of them playing in in their heyday, he's not really doing that. He, he seems to be, you know, facing the audience. But the 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 crazy part was just he'd be doing all these insane jumps and like kung fu kicks and stuff while just like absolutely <laughs> shredding. And then he would like step up to the mic and lock in on these insane backup vocals with Michael Anthony, the bass player, and like, I mean, I mean, to top it off, great stage presence. And uh, another thing I just recently learned too was that um, him and his brother Alex Van Halen were actually uh, so that I knew that they were born in Holland originally, and they immigrated to the United States. But but actually, one of the reasons why they left Holland was that they were. Um, they were in a really hostile environment because they were uh, they were mixed race. Their their mother was Indonesian, and so they actually experienced uh, a lot of like racism and stuff, I guess, and moved to the United States. And actually, uh, the brothers didn't even speak English when they first got to the states. So it was like this 
they overcame this incredibly kind of horrifying circumstance, uh, you know, to come to the United States and, and go on to be these like, I mean, gods of music kind of in a way. Yeah. And, and again, like, uh, like I, I think you can't reiterate enough. I mean, obviously he was a guitar God, like the top of the, the top of the, you know, mountain or whatever you want to say. But again, just the whole package, the Mm -hmm. writing, the singing, the stage presence, the sound, the look. And, and even, you know, another thing was like the personality, like, Mm -hmm. like those guys were like fucking badass rock and rollers drinking and smoking on stage and not giving a fuck. Dude, they were over the fucking top, man. Like they were the epitome of fucking rock and roll, man. Like they, yeah. yeah. Van Halen was the epitome of flash. So rad that like they could, they could sit there and do whatever the fuck they want with their costumes, but also like deliver shit that nobody else was fucking doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and nobody else was capable of and like bringing the theatrics to it and, and everything, man. Like it was, it was a show. Yeah. I think their first big tour was opening up for, for Black Sabbath actually in 1978. And talk about a show. Consensus was that, first of all, what a, what a killer show. But the general consensus was actually that Van Halen was blowing Sabbath off the stage every night. Oh yeah, <laughs> like they were at that high of a level at the beginning, and and you know Sabbath was kind of at sort of a lower level of their career. I feel like at that at that stage, anyways. Yeah. But but just coming out of the gate, like I mean, and I've and I've watched a few videos from that era, and it's like, oh my god, they're just the energy is just like through the roof, and everybody is just nailing their parts and like. Yeah. Playing so tight together and just like crushing. Well, and with Eddie too, like just making it look effortless. Yeah, like yeah. he was so he was effortless. so yeah. incredible at that. Was like he'd be like doing smiling, this insane like shit where you're like, you're like, the how time. the fuck do you do that? He's like, oh, it's just yeah. you know this. Yeah, <laughs> insane, and just has a giant grin on his face the entire yeah, time man. on stage. <laughs> yeah, I God bless, man. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, they don't make was, them like that anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. No, Definitely yeah. an icon of a of a human being in a rock yeah. and roll persona. Yeah, my my my, my uh, you know I I tell people I'm a guy, but but really my first guitar hero was Eddie Van Halen for sure, and I, and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people. Um, but that was the first guy I really was like. I got the bug bad for like the Van Halen thing. Like I still can't play any of his stuff, but I was like, Oh my God, this that is was, like, that was really cool though. Uh, so we, we had a rehearsal on, on Tuesday and, uh, and Henry came in and was doing a lot of tapping stuff. Like we were all stretching out. Yeah. You know, we were all just running stuff and like feeling shit out and everybody was going through the shit that they're going through in their lives. And we're playing yeah. music and, and there's, you know, when when we get together to rehearse, there's definitely a level of like, cool, we need to execute this and actually practice. And then there like when it gets to the like improv sections of our songs and everything, Henry went full on Eddie and just <laughs> started going for shit. And it's just like, yeah, like I know exactly what you're doing right now and like you're doing a great job at it but also <laughs> like it's it, like nothing is ever going to hold a torch to this guy right because he's the guy that like originated it and that's not a yeah. dig on you man 
Like, that's just, you know, me saying, like, like, I enjoyed watching you pay tribute to him at our Tuesday rehearsal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Like, because you did it really fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that, like, you incorporate more of that into right. more of the stuff that right. we're doing. But, well, and, and there have been sections of, of songs that I do throw in little oh, yeah, nods yeah. to Eddie here and there. there. There's always, like, there's one or two songs throughout the set where I throw in little licks you know there's there's maybe two or three eddie licks that oh, I can actually at the end of off. on the run and everything yeah like yeah on the run you do a little tapping right 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 that well, one on, and on the run hey, hey, hey mama, mama. Yeah, hey, yeah. hey mama's lick, yeah. where i throw it in as well oh, but yeah, like yeah. You're, um, you're, another, you're you're paying homage you know what i mean yeah like, yeah absolutely absolutely and i love that. that that was that was just uh i, I just want to tell you that because that was really special for me to oh cool uh to, to hear you and you know just be in the room while you paid tribute to him and just went for it and stuff because i know how big of an influence he was on you yeah, you know what I mean, and and uh, it's di- it's different as a keyboard player. Like I I fucking I have no idea how the fuck he did whatever he did, but for you, I know that that's like a, a big influence. Yeah, that's and, that's the reason I'm in the band with you guys. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's what got everything did for me. Well, and but as a keyboard thing, player with Eddie too, man, like that guy was fucking right. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But like, holy yep. shit, I can't wait to go yep. back and like do some deep dives and just dig into that shit. You know? Oh yeah, there's a lot of good good keyboard stuff from Eddie as well. Yeah. And uh another thing about Eddie too that I that I uh neglected to mention is he was also um he he was a tinkerer. Like I you know, I kind of, it's kind of funny we were talking about that earlier how he was messing around with my guitars and it's like Yeah. Eddie would do that all the time. He would like mess with the guitars and and sort of one of the legacies he's left behind is the thing called the the Frankenstrat, which yeah. is like he took these sort of um, you know, parts that were supposed to be for a Fender Stratocaster and fused them together with the electronics from a Gibson guitar to kind of get the best of both worlds. And then through the Floyd Rose Tremolo, uh, which is this, like, if you don't know, it's like this insane tremolo system that locks like the strings down so that they don't go out of tune. And you can just do these insane, um, like effortless, uh, dive bombs on it and just, just do all this wild stuff with the whammy bar. And he was, he was kind of a relentless tinkerer, even into his later years would be, you know, working on, working on his own guitars and sort of modifying and searching, constantly tinkering, constantly trying to be better, constantly uh, trying to get a better tone, better sound, uh, messing around with stuff. Uh, the the first famous guitar he played with Van Halen, this, you know, the legendary Frankenstrat with it, it's like got red and white and black stripes on it. Um, he basically built that guitar out of parts and, and sort of put the whole thing together and it's just awesome, you know. He like like not only did this guy uh, sort of reinvent the wheel when it comes to the technical aspect of guitar playing, but but did his own thing with his gear, like like was his own sort of uh, tech in a way with regards yeah. to you know modifying and and definitely you know uh, when I read that it it sort of inspired me, you know, as a young guitar player coming up, I I remember reading that about him being like, Oh, like, well, I could, you know, I know how to use a screwdriver. Like I could mess around with my guitars a little bit. And, and so I probably owe a little bit of the fact I don't have a single guitar that I haven't modded the crap out of (laughs) to Eddie Van Halen. Probably. (laughs) 
I would say. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's, actually, that's a fun little fact to it. I didn't know that yeah. he was that big of an anchor. Yes, he's a, yeah, he was a major, major, just would always mess around with his guitars and his amps and be, you know, what does this do? What does this do? Let's see if we can get the sound to... Let's see if we can swap the Bigsby picks. from this SG to the other SG and yeah, you know, swap all the shit over to the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. stoked, man, because I'm stoked that you're stoked on the sound that your guitars are making now. <laughs> because yeah. I always thought that they sounded fucking killer. And now you're like, oh yeah, like I was never really happy with it before, but now I'm still. I'm always, up. I'm always, here's the thing, I'm always happy with my sound for a month tops, maybe yeah. like a month. And out of that month, there will be like two weeks where I'm like not sure, I'm not like completely sold on it. And then after that month grace period, I'm sort of like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Could be better. <laughs> Could be better. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you to Eddie for getting yeah. Henry yeah. to rest figure out his Thank shit you. for our record. Eddie Halen, so, yeah. rest in peace, man. Yeah, Pour bro. some pastique out for Eddie. Right. <laughs> the, the the true, like, truly the goat. I mean, people throw that a lot. Truly the goat. Like, yeah. just yep. the man. <sighs> yeah, man. Yep. So. Thank you for that, Henry. Yeah, My pleasure. You, and light of Henry's talking about, like, some kind of hero in your youth. What was the first musician? And I can go first. I maybe have two. So, like, wh- what was the first, like, cool musician that made you want to play whatever instrument it was that you started playing when you were younger? And then who was the first person to sort of, like, show you that that thing could be this crazy technical thing that sort of blew your mind open of, oh, my God, there's, like, so many notes in this, or, like, you can do this with this kind of instrument or you can have this sort of stuff. You, you guys what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. You're going yeah. first, first, right? Yeah. So, like, cool. so in, inspiration is number one. That's question number one. And who blew that shit out of the water and opened you up to a new, like, understanding of what the possibilities are? Yeah. So yeah. I think I've said this before on this podcast about something, just early inspirations. I think we've talked about this before. Maybe not in this exact way, but... Um, I was in drumline when I grew up, and Travis Barker was probably the biggest drummer in the world, or the most popular drummer in the world, let's say, from Blink-182. And he was from California. He was like uh, from Riverside, which is a couple of towns down from where I grew up. Yeah. So he was really the hometown hero. And everyone was playing punk rock, because punk rock was just easy to play. You can grab three friends and a guitar and a drum set, and you could figure out three chords, and uh, suddenly you had a song, and girls wanted to hang out with you, so... No, uh, Travis Barker definitely was that early inspiration because you saw him on TV everywhere. You saw him playing. And even if you didn't like Blink-182, everyone went like, oh, Blink sucks, and they're the worst, and they can't sing, and their song sucks. But Travis Barker's cool. Like, he always yeah. still, like, carried the cool factor yeah. for yeah. Blink-182 because he was so good at drums. Right. And he was cool in a lot of circles, if that made sense. So, like, oh, did you know he used to play for this band? Or he just worked on this thing. He did this band called The Transplants with Tim Armstrong from Rancid. So, like, oh, well, he's cool with the Rancid guys. Like, that, like, makes him cooler. Then he started working on a bunch of hip-hop stuff and, like, you know, yeah. just totally being his own person. To the point where I think he had a fucking reality TV show on MTV at some point. You know, that's how popular Travis Barker was. They wanted cameras in his house to, you know, 
talk about his life, which is insane. But I remember him being, you know, everyone's reason to want to play drums. And before that was maybe Trey Cool from Green Day. Green Day was like the big pop punk band before Blink-182 for a number of years. And then the person, as I started getting better and learning more about stuff through high school, it was really uh, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater that I would, like, listen to a Dream Theater record and go, like, holy shit, like, look at how many notes he's playing. He's playing so many notes. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember hearing those songs, and that's when metal was getting bigger anyways. Like, you know, you would just hear these weird, insane fills and these odd time signatures going, like, oh, my God. These huge arrangements of songs that were, like, seven eight minutes long and it went from one place to the other and there was these crazy ass solos and these crazy ass fills and everyone sort of had their moment and uh it was like the metal version of rush and every like you know everything was really thought about and stuff like that uh basically after that metal scene the the black gospel scene took over the world of drumming like everyone (laughs) everyone has to have some sort of like black gospel drummer lick in their uh arsenal because they're just some of the, like, it's like all the technical facility of the metal guys, plus this just finesse and pocket and feel that you get from uh, the, like, playing that pop music. So those guys just really blew, uh, blew it out of the water for me. Just the way they can play, like, funky and a lot of notes. Everything felt good for some reason. It was just on a whole nother level. Yeah, I agree. I had some of those similar, and maybe this is a good segue since I just started talking, but I, I could go next because I had some of those similar influences growing up since I was also a drummer. Um, and I guess I'll start with, I'll start, I'll go backwards, segueing from the drummer thing is um, growing up as a drummer, uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, influenced you as a kid, and especially as a young kid, like Andrew said, like playing punk rock, like, you know, there was like there was Travis Barker and there was other guys, but like aside from Travis, not too many people were super technical. And I remember the first time I saw uh, there's a DVD of Carter Beaufort or Beaufort oh yeah playing Dave Matthews stuff, and it's shot with all these different camera angles, and it's got his giant kit, and he was the first person that I saw play open-handed and cross-handed and i was like whoa and he and he and for drummers who mostly play right-handed you cross your right hand over your left and when you play on your ride you you open up your hands and your rise on your right hand side carter would cross his hands and then he'd go open and then he put his his uh, right on his left and he was doing stuff that i was just like that doesn't make any sense. Like that, I, I can't even copy that because he goes into this open hand thing, and I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm Mr. Cross Stick guy," you know what I mean? And I'm sure Angie, you probably watch that that DVD like a, a million times. Yeah, so. it's called Under the Table and Drumming because yeah. the record was called Under the Table and Dreaming. Yeah, and I remember watching that for the first <laughs> time. And that just you know, blowing my head out of my ass. And then I remember uh, Car- uh, he looks like a really good a big guy in those DVDs because the way they shoot his drum set and the way they shoot him in that thing makes him look like a really big guy. And then you actually see him playing Dave Matthews. You see him in real life. He's not that big of a guy. He's like a pretty average sized guy. So that always like, I remember that going like Carter's not that big. Like, yeah. 
also also sings and uh and the other thing he does that's great uh live trick is he chews gum and i heard in an interview that i think he chews gum because it makes him breathe normally and uh i don't know if anybody's ever heard of those sorts of tricks before i think it's maybe more of a drummer thing than it is of like obviously a lead singer you're not gonna be chewing yeah, gum, yeah. But, but drum drums and bass just to get into a rhythm yeah yeah it's, um, it's definitely a, a a tool yeah to help so that was slow shit down was, yeah that was my kind of like whoa this is crazy moment and then like i guess like my influence growing up was was pretty much uh, Kurt Cobain and Dave Grohl, and I was a big, big Nirvana fan. And uh, again, that was in a time when you're young enough where you're like, hey, like, you know, like if I was a young kid and I heard Eddie Van Halen, I'd be like, there's no way I can do that. Like, that doesn't make sense. But sometimes you hear like a Nirvana riff and you're like, hey, like grungy guitar, like screaming into a microphone. Yeah. I think I could probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that the uh, Nirvana was always a, a huge influence on me. And that was, uh, you know, I still think they're great. And Dave Grohl is obviously just insane and on his own level of, of really, yeah, superstardom, amazing person. So. Yeah. He's definitely a bucket list artist for me to work with. Like, if we could do literally anything yeah. <laughs> with that man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, grab so that dead. cowbell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it for me. What, what do you got, Steve? I guess you. Uh, so uh, a lot of you guys don't, don't know me personally, but uh, for the guys that do know me personally, uh, you know that I have, like, the weirdest background with music because I have been writing music since a very young age and been very pigeonholed into what the hours of the day allow. And uh, as soon as I got out of high school, I started doing like more musical theater stuff and, and orchestral arrangements and stuff. But, uh, and it wasn't until I started playing with Robert and Andrew uh, back in like 2010 that I even started doing any of the style of music that, we have continued on to do now you know my my whole world was completely different I, I was much more of a musical theater guy but growing up um i have to attribute like and i'll say it time and time again man and if you don't know the name go check him out uh, his name's dirk DeMonte, and he was the uh, minister of worship and youth at the church that i grew up in and the guy that i modeled my entire style of playing piano after and I took lessons from his wife, who was an incredible, incredible piano teacher and gave me a voice in music and ownership over my education and, and learning piano and music theory and stuff. And, and uh, gave me, you know, the platform at the at like the young age of starting at eight to like express myself musically and write compositions and stuff. And I modeled my whole style of playing after her husband Dirk. It's crazy now, you know, getting into you know, we've done a lot of tribute shows and stuff and and you know, learning, you know, the keyboard parts of Ray Manzarek and having my first concert be Bruce Hornsby at Shoreline Amphitheater and stuff and like watching these people like I can see the influences that Dirk had on these people and how that led to his artistry, which I then tried to copy from a very young age and everything. And now, like, diving in more, like, when we did our 
Almond Brothers set and everything, like getting into all of that stuff and getting into, you know, the Steve Percaro and David Page stuff and and getting into Bruce and getting into Ray and getting into, you know, all these amazing keyboard players over the years. I'm like, oh, I can see where I already have little snippets of their style because they influenced the guy that I tried to model. But I never learned it firsthand. And, like, I never listened to this music. Like, my first time listening to, like, The Doors or Zeppelin was, like, probably, like, 2012, like, on our second tour with Robert John and the Wreck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have such a closed-minded view of all this shit because I've always been working on local music and being the guy, like, behind the scenes either producing or playing or moonlighting or keeping myself way too busy for whatever wall I'm trying to not break down in my personal life emotionally. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been really cool, like, putting all the pieces together over the last, you know, decade of my professional life and realizing where all the inspiration came from and stuff. So it's, like, it's all over the fucking place for me, man. Like, it stemmed from this one dude and, like, Dirk to the end of time, like, I will never be able to hold a candle to him uh, musically. You know, like, he comes up with shit on the fly, and I played with him in worship bands for, you know, I still do when I go home and stuff, and I'll, you know, come back in and be like, hey, do you need another, key, like, a second keyboard player, you know, but that's how I started out when I was, like, 13, you know, like, 12 and a half, 13 years old, like, you know, playing second keys for him and just absorbing and also absorbing all of his influences, which I've never, I realize now that, like, I've never even talked to him about that because it wasn't about that. It was just, like, what we have to do to get this next gig done and stuff. So it's it's a it's a very complex and weird situation for me. But now, like, the more that I'm, like, diving into different people's, you know, repertoire and, and cadence musically and stuff like it's it's been really interesting being like oh yeah like i already knew that like i thought i came up with that but obviously i didn't because it was done like years ago i've just adopted as my own you know over the years without actually doing any of the fucking research and that's i know that that sounds like super weird and off base and stuff but it's been a very cool experience like getting to know these people that have built it like through Henry's history lesson playlist and stuff and like everything that you're bringing in. I'm like, you know, fucking John Lord, dude. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's doing some shit that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I had that line in my piece that I wrote when I was 12 that I wrote for symphonic orchestra, but I didn't realize that's where it came from because I stole that from the dude at my church that took it from him and right. made it a thing. And, right. it's, right. it's, you know, and like, it's so cool to just see where things are coming from. I don't know. It's it's fun. It's it's always weird for me. And, like, you you guys bring up, you know, different projects and stuff. And Warren, you brought a, up a bunch to me just recently and stuff. that I'm like, I've never even heard of this group. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, let's get into it. Like, let's let's look at it. Let's Let's analyze it. Like, oh, shit. Like, I relate so much to this stuff. And I didn't even know. I'm like, oh, you're saying this is the guy that came up with that? Like, what version of where did this come from to get to, like, me? Because I just put that in a song, like, four records ago and had no idea where it even came from. 
You, you gotta listen to the Great American Songbook, dog. Yeah, well, I listen gotta, to classic rock for like one week, and you'll I get gotta, all of it. I gotta stop working yeah. for a week and listen for a change, man. Like that's the that, that's the ultimate goal, right? Well, when we got a what is it? Eight hour drive tomorrow, Steve. So I uh, know ten. Oh no, you, ten hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how often you need to stop to pee, Henry. <laughs> is that a jab? <laughs> no, it's just a uh, you know. We should pick up a couple Gatorade wide mouth bottles, you know, on the way, and then we won't have to stop because I got a Prius, and that's like 400 miles to the tank, so you're good. <laughs> you sound like a jab at your tiny bladder, Henry. <laughs> I do not have a tiny Which is bladder. Not cool, because you can't help your tiny bladder. Just bring, like you've just bring snacks. More than you would for, for, I'm gonna I'm gonna bacon wrap some break. chicken oh, in the air kidding. fryer and just bring them in. Henry the doesn't have a tiny oh, bladder, by the way. Everyone, just <laughs> it's everyone huge. Knows. Yeah, it's so big. I don't even know what my bladder looks like. I don't even know. I might. I might. Who knows? I am excited for our first actual road trip together, though, Doug. That's going to be fun. Dude. Dude. It's going to be fun. Fro dogs. Fro dogs. Dogs. Dog. (laughs) Woof, woof. So, Henry, your turn. Influences. Oh, man. I mean, I I have so many I've had over the years. Um... So it's funny because I I came up sort of listening to uh, to K Rock when I was like seven eight nine years old. Uh, if you don't know, K Rock's like a local alternative rock radio station. Um, at least it was when I was a kid. It's not really anymore. Uh, it's I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, it, I listen to it. I have no idea what it is. There's like, like hip hop playing. Like yeah, what is like, Weird, it's like, like singer It's just a lot of, yeah. wine, lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, you guys used to play cool shit. What yeah. happened to you? Just Actually, a lot of Red Hot like Chili Peppers and social media. Yeah, like, 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 golden you know, age you know. of K-Rock uh, in, in <laughs> the early 2000s. At least for me. I mean, the, the golden age of K-Rock is probably much earlier than that. But when they were still playing good stuff, uh, you know, that was my first exposure to bands like uh, Rage Against the Machine and like Green Day. And they would they'd be playing stuff off uh, Green Day, Dookie, and you know that that sort of stuff, and and just where that is sort of a little kid that was I was kind of an angry kid. All that music had so much aggression in it, and I was just sort of like, yeah, like this oh, is super cool. So you too, it was sort of, it's sort of like um, like Billy Joe Armstrong was just super cool to me at that point in my life, and uh, it was one of their albums came out. I think it was uh, I think American Idiot was coming out around that time, and uh, I I was also watching. Um, you know, videos of Green Day as well, and sort of like, so so definitely, there was the first sort of thing that kind of set me down the pathway of maybe being interested in possibly <laughs> like getting a guitar or seeing what it was about. And a couple of years later, I got an acoustic guitar. I couldn't quite figure it out. I I just didn't have the facilities, the coordination yet. It just hadn't connected properly. I couldn't get my hands on the strings right and then of course a couple years later that all changed when uh as i talked about earlier my dad showed me van halen and uh then it was like no way i have to learn how to do this and uh that opened the floodgates there was um you know all the all the great classic rock guys clapton jimmy page jimmy hendrix jeff beck uh uh alex lifeson from rush um uh, obviously, Eddie, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, I mean, there's just so many to talk about that 
I was listening to all of them at the same time and sort of just getting hip to all of it. Um, even like one of the first riffs I learned was, as you said earlier, Warren Nirvana. Like I, like I learned <laughs> smells like teen spirit. That was one of the first songs I learned how to play on mm-hmm. guitar. Uh, dude, Lenny Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz and uh, his guitar player, Craig Gross. I had a huge Lenny Kravitz uh, phase. Weirdly around the same time I got uh, introduced to this group called Opeth which is like oh, a yeah, progressive, yeah. Uh, like, like Swedish. Uh, I I do death metal, but like they literally do do like black death metal in some of their songs. But in the same song, they'll do this intricate, like really somber acoustic finger picking pass- passage. It's like, and they have these compositions that are like you know they're like eleven minutes long or whatever. Like when Andrew was talking about dream theater, it's sort of like they were sort of in the same genre, um, except Opeth in hindsight always sort of had this uh, deep purple undertone to it, which always helped with me because I'm such a seventies music. And, uh, you know, they always had sort of like a Hammond organ happening or something like that to sort of yeah. add to the, the flair of it. And the, the influence was always very like, you know, classic metal. Like it was always in the direction of like the Iron Maiden deep purple thing, but it, but it had the sort of like on steroids twist of being in, uh, modern times or, or the modern era or whatever. And, uh, they actually wound up being my first concert. I saw Opeth at the, uh, Avalon ballroom in Hollywood. Nice. And, uh, my guitar, my guitar teacher, uh, John Sawson, who I am uh, still in contact with, still friends with, uh, took me, my parents let him take me up to LA to go see this concert and, uh, super cool experience. And then, um, I think maybe four years after that, uh, in a, in a really cool full circle event, we went to the Honda center with my dad and my older brother and my guitar teacher. Uh, and we saw Van Halen in, uh, 2012 Fuck at the Honda yeah. Center with, oh, with awesome, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen on bass, David Lee Roth on vocals, Alex, and uh eddie and it was it was spectacular it was such a good show um cool and the gang opened up and uh Fuck yeah, it was su- super super funky super awesome and then uh talk to cool and gang about that show we, we did. did that's right that's we're right on some plane yeah, with we were cool on the gang plane. on the way back from europe or something we on yeah. the plane back from barcelona from one of our tours and and yeah uh cool and the gang was on the plane, like the brass section or something was on the plane with us. And they were like, and the guy was super cool. He was like, Oh yeah. And then, and then, he, and then I'm like, uh, what group are you with? He's like, I'm with cool in the game. I'm like, no way. And then I'm like, were you with them in blah, blah, blah in, in 2012? He's like, Oh yeah. And then I was like, dude, I saw you guys open for Van Halen. And he was like, Oh yeah, that was awesome. That was super fun. <laughs> like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Absurd. And yeah, Wolf, Wolfgang Van Halen is is Eddie's son. Yes, uh, thanks, Michael. Yeah. Da- David Lee Roth talks about that on his. He's he's got a really good podcast oh, with okay. Joe Rogan, and he talks about when they did that tour too. And he goes, "Yeah, we we 
picked all of our openers and we picked cool in the gang and everybody thought it was super weird. He's like, but you've never seen a stadium go crazier oh, for yeah, an opening back band than cool in the gang. He's yeah. like, we were almost embarrassed show. to have to go on after that. Honestly, it was a great show. Honestly, you like the cool in the gang, like got you like grooving. Like I was grooving. It was, it was, you know, funky and, 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 you know, just, just grooving. And, and then, then you Halen brain comes on blasted just through the back of your like, head. With fucking rock and roll, man. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just such a like it cemented so such a cool dope, moment dude. for me and getting to see them with you know my dad who introduced me to them and my guitar teacher who like yeah. helped me get to where I was at that point. I think I was like I, I must have been like sixteen. Yeah, and uh, it was it was super awesome, dude. My my first concert was was uh, Sean Colvin, Bonnie Raitt, and Bruce Hornsby headlining. Mm-hmm. And like, and like talk about you know different vibes set to set, but like holy fuck that night worked, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you had the soul, you had the vibe, you had this, that, and the other. Like every other act made you feel something different, and it all worked together. You know what I mean? Like I love it when shows are like that. Like yeah, you don't want to have fucking you know nine bands that all sound the same. Yeah. Or occupy the same sonic space yeah. or artistic space, like right, right. play on the same bill, you know. Like you, you want to get taken on a journey. Yeah, like that's worth the ticket price. You know, that sounds so cool, man. I, oh god, I wish I was at that fucking show, man. That sounds it was, incredible. Yeah. It was insane. It was, it was totally insane. That's so, so cool. So cool. I feel so blessed that I got to experience that. You know, it was like such a cool full circle moment. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, music just is like such a big part of my life. I know mm-hmm. it's such a big part of all your guys' lives. And yeah. it's like, what's well, just the coolest just thing ever? Nerds for it. It's and the coolest thing like, ever. Like, how can you not be a nerd for it? You know, it's just, it's the coolest yeah. thing ever. You have guys literally making these things like, you know, sing, basically sing in a cohesive manner and create these vibrations that make people trip out and like, move around and it's uh it's in our it's in our dna you know it's in our like blood to just get down with this stuff you know yeah with the sickness get down with the sickness man you know get down with the vibes yeah Uh, get down tonight right right there you go uh you know what's funny is we actually met cool in the gang's trumpet player one other time yeah in vegas Vegas yeah show with micah brown that we were talking about like uh, a couple podcasts ago freaking frog yeah he's one of those guys that was probably like overly aggressive as a producer he's like just starts singing his artist songs like right at you you know at the table and i'm like i I get it dude like i believe you you're uh (laughs) you're probably a really good producer have you guys ever had those people who just start singing their songs? They're like, oh, it's a hit, and then just start singing the song at you? Uh, every now and then. You get a cookie yeah. guy. I used to get that in the studio from time to time. Yeah, I prefer but to have I, that I, happen while I'm on the clock, you know? I felt like every time I got that, it wasn't like, it was never anybody, like, really serious. It'd be like, man, I got a great song. And then he'd, like, start singing it. He'd be like, yeah, like, that could be a hit. But it'd be like, yeah, all this stuff, you know, almost like a crazy guy as opposed to, like, somebody who actually knows is like, no, I have this melody in my head, like, and, like, sings it out. Like, but you never know. Did he, did he, was he nailing it or was he kind of kooky? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It, it was great. It sounded like a great <laughs> song. It's just like, it's, like, you know, whatever, we're at a bar trying to hang out and talk to you, like, you know, 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so like, I just never do anything like that unless someone really asked for it or something like that. You know, if they were like, well, let me hear it. I, I do it at that point. But like, so we just unannounced starts yeah. singing a song at you. They're like, oh man, it's going to be a hit. And just talking about how good it is. It's like, well, well it's, I, it's I'm just that, like not that confident. You know what I mean? It's that whole mentality of like, dude, like if you really need to, like you're probably not the guy. If you really need to like, put yourself out there that much to prove that you are the person that you are. It's like people just either know who you are or you should just tell them and hit them up the next day. He was super cool. I don't mean to like this guy was a jerk or something like that. No, 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 no. He was super sweet that he did. It was, it was an interesting tactic because most of the time, like he, he was definitely one of the sweeter people that's ever tried that tactic as far as I'm concerned. But it, it also is like not like a good go-to for any of you guys out there that think that you produce music and stuff. Don't just sing your songs to people. <laughs> Especially people like us who can't do anything. Like, like, you know, like, I mean, like, what are we going to do? We're like 22-year-olds or something in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> we just played. We kind of got a decent show. There we couldn't get a gig. We were just hanging out there to see if we could get a gig in the future. Yeah. <laughs> speaking uh, of future funny. gigs speaking of the what future we, what do we got coming up so uh for all you podcast listeners if you type in pod 15 on uh, the 15. uh on the the little special section where you can type in a discount code on our site at checkout at checkout uh not before and not after but at <laughs> checkout uh you can get 15 percent off anything on our store currently so uh go and do that thank you for listening it's the least we can do for you putting up with our shit week after week i don't know why you guys come back <laughs> i love it but no we gotta we're we're working on a new record uh we just started writing a couple weeks ago uh we're not losing pace with anything, we're still going to put, be putting out one at least one record per year uh, for the the time coming into however long, you know, that makes sense for all of us to do it, which hopefully is for fucking ever. Um, but yeah, we're working on a new, a new record and uh, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. So keep your eyes and ears and uh, email subscriptions uh, peeled for that. Uh, we're, we've got tons of different merch stuff coming out. We're busting our asses trying to get all the shit uh, put together and come up with really cool ideas that we want to buy personally from the members in the band for ourselves. So if we want it, I'm sure that you guys are going to want a part of it. And that's all really exciting. And uh, we'll have more information coming up in the weeks that follow. Uh, Robert gets married on Thursday this yeah. week, which we're wow. so stoked for him and his new bride. And uh, the next little bit's gonna be uh, gonna, gonna be really fun. We're we're busting our ass, putting everything together for you guys and ourselves in the future. Uh, if you haven't already, check out the digital download package. You haven't already, get a Halloween t-shirt with the cool-ass wizard on it. Fuck that yeah, cool-ass wizard! all ordered for ourselves. Dude, I'm so stoked it. to get that in, man. 
Oh, fuck. Uh, and I think I made that in like one night or something. I obviously didn't do the illustration. Someone made the illustration. Andrew, for Andrew it, texted but. me after a podcast with, with, the, uh, with the idea. Hey, I just came up with this. I'm like, I want one. <laughs> I, I think, think that was, was the like first thing I two said. Two in the morning or something, too. I oh, was yeah. Like, You're not gonna, no one else is going to be awake, but Steve, like, do you think yeah. this is yeah, cool? He's like, he's he's like, like <laughs> I want one right now. <laughs> I'm so excited to get in. Yes, yeah, so uh, ours are coming soon. Yeah. Get yours. Yeah, I think we're going to keep it up there. People, like, love that yeah. thing. I've gotten it's so many comments about design, that one. It's a brilliant design, dude. <laughs> go it's through cool. all the other myths. I love it. So, really, you listening can get 15% off right now. 15% off. Pod 15 15. All right. Solid 15. Okay. P-O-D-1-5. Too. We had like yeah. a string there where we were playing every weekend, and it was awesome. I'm starting to get angry again. Amanda's starting to notice. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> need more shows in my it's life. It's going to be good. Yeah, we'll yeah. play music we at the wedding. Too. Likewise. It's going to yeah. be good. All right. Well, yeah. we'll yeah. figure that out. So, so right. if you guys Go. have any shows we can play, yeah. let us know. We do, we do private events. So... Yeah. Uh, we will drive to uh, Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. The money's right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, hang so, on, racist guy. Hit us up. Also, contact <laughs> at robertjohnandtherec.com. Get involved in the conversation. Comment below in the comments. Keep following us on Facebook and Instagram. And get involved, man. Like We, <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, Bruce, big shout out to Bruce, Debbie, big shout out to Debbie, Michael, big shout out to Michael, Ashley, yes. everybody else that's that's been here week after week after week. We love you guys, and we're doing this, uh, you know, for you from us and everything. And you guys are the are the people that keep this going. So we we keep trying to uh, come up with really cool shit that we're gonna love, and we think you're gonna love. And if you have an idea. Shoot us an email. Like, reach out. We are very accessible, and all of us look at the emails and stuff. So, be good to each other out there. Get wrecked. Go get your fifteen percent off on the online store with uh, the coupon code Pod fifteen. And it's not just tonight, right? Whenever you feel like it. No, it's yeah. just for podcast listeners. So, yeah. Uh, that that is something that's that's ongoing. If you're listening to this, it's not going to be posted anywhere. So don't tell anybody about it. Just tell them to go and listen to the podcast. <laughs> That'll be good. But we love you guys and yes. be good to each other. And we'll see you next week. Yes. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Play yes. us out, my good sir. This song's called "Hear About It Later." We'll see you guys next week.
Wow! <laughs>